Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Sailor Business Chibisode. These are the episodes of Sailor Business where we talk about things that are not a classic 1992 anime that we love so very much. Uh, I am Chris Sims, your regular host, joined by a special guest, Annie Creighton. Annie, how are you today? I am delightful. How are you? Normally, that is not something you can apply to yourself. I, I, hey, I'm a delight. Okay, look, I'm just, I, you know what? You're right. I was using prescriptivist language and that is bad of me. I am attempting to be nicer about myself thanks to my therapist. I'm a delight. Thank you. All right. All <laughs> right. I get it. I get it. You know what? I can say it. You're a delight, Annie, Thank and I'm you. glad to have you here. Uh, because today, for our Sailor Business episode, we are going to be talking about something that we've mentioned several times on the show, but I don't think we've ever really gotten super deep into. Uh, and that is the Sailor Moon role-playing game uh, from Guardians of Order, a Canadian RPG publisher that we will get, we'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> uh, that originally came out in the late 90s and is fascinating and we've talked about it we mainly use it on the show to reference specific things about the scouts because in addition to being uh the rpg it is actually it, the the complete title on the cover is the sailor moon role-playing game and resource book and you know we use that resource book yeah there's a lot in here yeah, it's got everybody's like character profiles, which I think you would get in multiple places in Japan, but here you couldn't get any of it. Oh yeah, it's got their blood types, it's got their likes and dislikes. It's very good. Now, I don't think we're going to go into too much detail talking about the mechanics of the Sailor Moon RPG. If you would like to hear more about the mechanics of the Sailor Moon <laughs> RPG and perhaps like hear it in in a playable form, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I hear. That it is not. Uh, it, it needs some tweaking. It needs some tweaking. There is a uh, wonderful show called Sequinox uh, that has our very own Jake Mason on it that uses a variant of the Sailor Moon role-playing game. Also, uh, I think the most we've ever gone into it is when Jordan and I uh, and Cat Cool played the Sailor Moon role-playing game on an episode of One Shot run by James D'Amato. So you can find that at One Shot Podcast. That's that's where you're going to hear, that's where you're going to get the crunch. I think we're mostly here for the fluff. Sequinox is available on the Cool Kids table feed. It is part of that one. Yes, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned. Thank you, Annie. That was delightful. Thank you. I am a delight. You're welcome. Now, Annie. Chris. I told you a lie. You told me a lie? I told you a lie. You told me a lie. Why are you telling lies? Because it makes me cool. Oh, I see. Uh, I told you that we were going to go through the the core book, the, the Sailor Moon RPG book. Uh-huh. And that was a lie. I think you went through the core Sailor Moon RPG book. Uh-huh. But you know how if you play Dungeons and Dragons, uh-huh. you have like a player's handbook and a yes. dungeon master's guide. And those have like, you know, the rules that you would have to use yes and you know how there's a third book and that's the monster manual right the boyfriend book yeah the boyfriend book uh did you know that guardians of order also put out the complete book of yoma volume <gasps> one no 
Because that's what I've been reading today. Holy crap. Uh, so yeah, I have, I took a highlighter to it. <laughs> I'm very excited to get into some details that we have about the Yoma. Uh, before we do that, though, before we go any further, I do want to say uh, the Chibisodes are Patreon supported. Uh, we usually do the big thank yous to everybody uh, on the regular show, but I do like to mention it here. These Patreon episodes are, er, these uh, Chibisodes are Patreon supported. Uh, and one of our patrons did ask us to uh, to say, to give a little shout out. Casey would like uh, to, Casey would like us to give a little shout out to Henry uh, as a belated Valentine's Day and uh, birthday present. Uh, and Casey says, you're the garbador to my trubbish. And I love being a goofy human with you. Happy birthday, Henry. Love, Casey. That is so sweet. I like that because that's tailored to my interest, but it's also uh, a literal trash pile. So it's good for the show. You know, it really, there's a lot of brand synergy going on here. I know. Casey knows what's up. And, and according to this message, uh, Henry listens religiously. I do, I do note that, that (laughs) Casey says, uh, he listens, like Henry listens religiously. Casey does not mention listening to the show. You know, it's important to support your partner's interests. It is. It, th- that's very true. That's very true. You know, on, on, like all the podcasts that your wife definitely doesn't listen to. You, you know what, Annie? You don't need to build yourself up by tearing me down. My husband doesn't listen to my podcasts. <laughs> Do, do any spouses out there who <laughs> hey, aren't on shows? Hey, spouses. Hey, spouses who aren't hearing this. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you, Casey. Thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, Annie, let's get into this. Let's start with the, the core book. Okay. Okay. So, now, so, I, so I'm the guide through the core book here? Yes. Did you, did, you, did you have a chance to, like, really get into it? I mean... I read through a lot of the like first section. I have skimmed through sort of the second ones. I I was sort of looking through the uh, future things and some of the extra stuff in the back, which is wild that they have all this. Uh, so I have an approximate knowledge. Okay. Well, how about this? Before we get into the content, let's talk a little bit about Guardians Forder. Okay. Now I know you. You play role-playing games now. Uh, yes. You are A, you are in my gaming group, and you also uh, play role-playing games on a podcast. Yes. Gem Jammer. You should go listen to it. It's very yes. good. I, I do not have a role-playing game podcast because it is literally the only writing I do that is not commercial. So, <laughs> so it is, it's mine. It's for me. You can't have it. Except for the one that I did on your show. Yeah, you, you know, you say you can't have it except for the fact where you, like, had my podcast for <clears throat> about six months? That wasn't my fault. It's Whose true, fault? that was ours. We're bad at dungeons. Whose fault is it that it took quite a while to get through that castle? Oh, that, that's absolutely my parties. We are bad at dungeons. I mean, look, look, it's a large castle. I'm not going to lie. It's a large castle, and we usually have a whole lot of really dumb feelings. There were a lot of dumb feelings. Yes, that's kind of our specialty. And and outfits. But did you play role-playing games back in the day? Which I guess 21 years ago. <laughs> oh no, I'm an ancient crumbling pile of dust. Uh, sort of? I, my first, like... F- 
their vaguely long-term role-playing experience was actually with, um, which is going to be mentioned in here, the Big Eyes Small Mouth uh, If I system. had to put money on it, on that, <laughs> I just, I just would have hit the jackpot. Yep, yeah, second edition Besom was my first system, um, and then I also played, like, about half a, about half a session of a 3.5 edition game where I rolled up a pirate and had no idea what the hell I was doing, but it's okay because there were like 12 people in the party, so it didn't really get around to me anyway. Yeah, it was like Imagine how Doug's... long that would have taken to get like, through my castle. It's the Doug's Big Band episode of tabletop role-playing is what it was, which I don't think you ever watched Doug, but someone uh, out there did. Annie, can, can I sidebar with you for a moment? Do you, yeah. do you enjoy Doug? I watched a decent amount of it as a kid, but I couldn't tell you if I had anything beyond tepid feelings about Doug. I fucking hate that little bastard. Yeah, that's fair. He sucks. Yeah. Doug sucks. And I don't know why I'm supposed to watch this show, but this kid sucks. <laughs> I could be watching Batman. You know who doesn't suck? Batman. I mean, yeah. Look. My logic is unassailable. Look. Look. We couldn't all be Batman the Animated Series, Christopher. If if you tried harder, you could. <laughs> we can't. We can't all be. We can't all be Batman Beyond. Sometimes we have to be Disney's brand spanking new Doug. It's just. It's just. What is his redeeming quality? Like, what is a good thing about that child? He owns a dog. All right, you know what? Fair. <laughs> you, you got me there. Uh, all right. Sidebar over. Okay. So you you did play uh, Besom, Big Eyes, Small Mouth, which A, is a fantastic name for an animated role-playing game. Mm -hmm. It's great. Yeah, I played Besom. I played like two half campaigns of Besom. Like most of my role-playing experiences, which I think might actually be fairly typical, is that they didn't last longer than a couple of months before somebody lost steam. We just never got around doing much of anything with it, except for like last month when we finished curse of strahd that was my first time finishing something yeah and keep in mind that gaming group has been together for seven years and we've played i think five different campaigns and that's the first one we've ever finished <laughs> so other than that it was like the vague idea of a roll of darkness game then mac ran us through a changeling game a bit but like, yeah, every every other like tabletop experience I've had has fallen apart. Most of my tabletop gaming came from like college or later. So high school, it was it was besom. So so did you like did did you play? Did uh, you get that far into it? I am pretty sure we played at least yes. Yes, we played because the boy I was dating at the time rolled a really irritating Bashonin. And I remember being really, really just. Sorry, I just went to a high school place for a while. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. We're just going to quick move yes, on. Yes, playing did happen. Uh, I did not get into role playing games until I was in uh, college. The, the brief period of my life, the extremely brief period of my life where I was in college. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got into D&D. And, specifically, and well, I got into second edition D&D &D oh, using boy. the uh, mage magic system because the DM didn't like D&D's magic system. Like mage 
Mage is in the White Wolf system. Ma- Mage the Ascension, I believe, is oh, that one. boy. Yeah, it's... I didn't know at the time that it was not working, but... <laughs> uh, to here, 20 years later, uh, when I have worked in a uh, comics and game store for for six or seven years, uh, and I have been a regular D&D player for most of that time, I can now look back and see and see the flaws Ooh. in that logic. That, oh, that is, a, that is a Frankenstein. But I remember getting into it, and I feel like, I don't know for sure, because I know way more about the ebb and flow of comic books than I do about other things. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there had to be some kind of big rpg boom in the late 90s uh with third edition coming out and then obviously the open gaming license uh which if you don't know that meant that anybody could publish a DD adventure using uh the the system reference document so everything that is a DD rule that is not specific intellectual property is is available for anyone to make a game out of they did that uh when they launched third edition in 2000 and I feel like that boosted not only like people who are publishing D&D adventures, but because of that also boosted a lot of other things. Uh, obviously, this comes from immediately before that, but I remember there being like so many just different, weird license, <laughs> lots of licenses, uh, role-playing games floating around at the time. And maybe it's always been like that, and I just didn't notice because I wasn't playing. I don't know, man. I'm from a small, like, rural Indiana town. The one comic book shop there was in town that sold, like, any kind of, like, tabletop stuff was extremely uh, unwelcoming if you weren't a dude. You know, just by the way they looked at you. You know, that's that's really surprising. I've never heard that about a game store before. <laughs> Although, in hindsight, and considering where everybody sort of stands now along the spectrum, it does not surprise me that my first foray into tabletop gaming was with a group of people who are almost exclusively queer in hindsight. You get that a lot in role-playing games. Weird. Can't imagine why. Hmm. Yeah, it's very, very strange. But I bought the Sailor Moon role-playing game back then. Not, like, in 1999. Uh, but certainly like in the early 2000s, uh, partly because, as this show will attest, I'm a big fan of Sailor Moon. Uh, but also, like, there was a time in this country, and if you are young, you do not remember this, when if you liked anime at all, if you saw an anime thing, you bought it because you didn't know when the next one was coming down the road. Oh my god. The manga boom was that way. You just you just picked up whatever the hell you could, and you picked up anything that seemed like it had a lot of staying power, and there were a lot of volumes of it. And that's why Chris and I both have the exact same experience of getting real deep into Love Hina, realizing we hated it, and then not being into anime anymore for a while. Yeah, that's how bad Love Hina is. Love Hina is bad. It will kill your love of anime. Sailor Moon is so good. That it oh, made me so love good. all anime. And then <laughs> Lapina is so bad that it made me quit reading manga for 10 years. Oh, fucking love Hina. I hate that. I hate it. So but bad. What if I started a show called Hate Hina? I would guess on that. That would be, well, I would have to engage with the 
the material, unfortunately. Oh, no. You'd have to actually read. Oh, no. You can't read Love, Hina. You've got a brand here. If we. Well, yeah. my And everyone knows my brand does not involve at all experiencing media that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You've still got some Sailor Moon left. You can't. You can't fall out of anime again. Not for a little while. Ali and I. If we, we have a new Patreon goal, if you haven't checked out the Patreon lately, um, Ali and I are going to do, uh, at a certain level, the level where it makes financial sense for me to do an eighth podcast, we are going to do like a special like backers only show where we watch like action pack-esque shows like uh, The Witcher, which is a lot more action packed than I think it wants to admit. <laughs> uh but maybe that can be the the backer only uh sideshow for sailor business is hate hino tm 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 Ooh. uh but yeah i bought this book uh i also had besom at the time never played awesome. it uh i think the the number one activity among people who play role-playing games we really shouldn't call them people who play role-playing games they should be called people who buy role-playing games <laughs> People who just want to have roleplay books on their shelf somewhere. Yeah, you have the nice, fun act of purchasing the roleplaying <laughs> game. And then you're done. Usually. <laughs> That's it. Maybe you read it and you think about a thing that you could do, but yeah. nobody ever has the time for it. If, if you really, if you're really deep into it, you will roll up a character that you will never play. <laughs> uh, but I remember getting this way back then. Uh, I don't know if I still have it. I don't know if I still have my original copy. Oh, man. Uh, I think I might have gotten rid of that when I worked at the comic book store. But I know I've, you know, I obviously I have a copy around here somewhere. I just don't know if it's the one that I bought in 1999 that had been with me <laughs> through this journey of life. <laughs> uh, but Guardians of Order was started to publish Besom, Big Eyes, Small Mouth, uh, which created the system that is used in uh, Sailor Moon. It's the, the Tristat system. This was all hauntingly familiar. <laughs> it would also be used in uh, several other licensed role-playing games. Do you know the licenses that this company had? Oh, I don't know. Tell me. Well, they had, uh, as you might expect, a lot of anime licenses. Uh, Dominion, uh -huh. Tank Police, Demon City, okay. Shinjuku. Okay. Of course they had Tenchi Muyo naturally you gotta have the tenchi muyo you gotta have the tenchi muyo with the ears right is that the one with the ears that's the one oh, with the ears one of them ha there are ears that many characters have ears in fact i might be thinking of inuyasha <laughs> okay inuyasha is the one with the boy with the white hair and the ears okay and she's got a green skirt Yes, Tenchi Muyo is the one where it's it's a it's a harem. It's it's the boy with the black hair. There's an OVA. There's a girl with purple hair who's a princess. who's also his cousin and his and one of his main love interests. And then there's Ryoko, the cool space pirate, like lesbian who's in this quickly into Tenchi. She's the actual good romantic choice. Oh boy, oh boy. I haven't even told you about Washu. Uh, they also did uh, other things. They had a superhero game called Silver Age Sentinels that I, I remember. Uh, they made a, uh, they, they got the rights to a diceless role-playing game system based on Roger Zelazny's uh, Castle Amber. They also had the rights to a Song of Ice and Fire. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They, they had the Game of Thrones rights in like 2002. 
Oh, they must be kicking themselves in the butt over that. I assume they I assume they they reverted at some point. Yeah, because uh, Guardians of Order did go out of business in 2006. Oh, boy. Which I believe puts this role-playing game in a sort of legal limbo. So if you would <laughs> like to read along, uh, you you can. I will, I will only say that. But yeah, uh, Guardians of Order was not around for uh, a very long time, about 10 years. But I feel like the Sailor Moon... Obviously, Besom was their homegrown product, but I feel like Sailor Moon is what they're probably most well-known for, or at least that's my impression, as a guy with an Oshokyo tattoo. <laughs> but, yeah, they had, they had Game of Thrones. Oh, boy. Very funny. Oh, boy. You, you forget how long Game of Thrones has been around sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a minute. But this is their... This, I, I would say... If not Besom, Besom's probably the flagship product, but this is the one that that is probably mostly well known. All right, so what do we got in the uh, in the role playing game and resource book here, Annie? Well, first off, there's a real long explanation of what Maho Shoujo is, like yeah, a with history. A timeline. There's a timeline of Maho Shoujo starting from 1970. Yeah. Like it goes all the way up to 98. Like that's card capture Sakura. <laughs> right. Oh no. Is when was this published again? 1999. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh my god. I'm so ancient. Yeah. Uh it's like it's which is the thing about this book, right? I have zero interest in the Tristat role-playing game system, but this is actually like a very nice introduction to what the genre is. Like if you've seen Sailor Moon and you didn't know that it's a whole thing. Uh, then you you get a lot. Yeah, it's like an exhaustive description of like some of the really early Maho Shoujo of like the themes that are usually present in there, what was established at, in what series, like how the 80s changed things. These are some big shows. Uh, it really goes into like how it, it honestly, it reinforces the narrative of just how uh, Naoko Takeuchi just really changed the whole landscape with Sailor Moon. Yeah. Which is really cool to see. But it also acknowledges that there was, like, so much before that. Like, yeah. you never hear that, like, 1992 falls in the latter third of this timeline of Maho Shoujo. Mm -hmm. And you never hear about how much there was before Sailor Moon, because none of it matters. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, like... Because, again, like, Sailor Moon changed the landscape so much. Like, Cardcaptor Sakura came after that. There was more talking about some of the older older stuff. Like, even Ray Earth was almost like a Maho Shoujo reflection of these things. It was like, like, all the stuff that Takeuchi threw in there just revitalized the genre entirely. So, you know, nobody really talks about, uh, about, pa about Pastel Yumi and, and Maho no Princess Minky Momo. Uh, I will say this. Can we get 80s anime style back? Remember how 80s anime looks? Oh, can we? Can we get that, those big soft heads back? Because, like, there, there's been, like, a, like, a, like a synthwave revival here in America, but can we get, like, 80s anime back? Because I like the way it looks. Uh, there's a real good aesthetic going on there. Yeah. Give me them big soft Rumiko Takahashi heads. <laughs> I do like when it gets into the like nuts and bolts of what is going on like what is in the genre 
Yes. Like, literally talking about, like, going into, yeah, this is a uh, metaphor for puberty, everybody. Welcome to the Sailor Moon role-playing game book. Your oh, body yeah. is undergoing changes. <laughs> the physical changes a young teenage girl goes through at this time of her life carries important symbolic meanings in the magical girl stories. The girl will usually be 10 to 14 years of age and thus is very likely going through puberty. Though it may not be explicitly stated, the awakening of a young girl's sexuality is a common symbolic element in magical girl stories. She's now capable of bearing life, and it is this capacity, coupled <laughs> with the various other elements that define her as a person, that make her a magical girl. Magic Girl's transformation sequence is symbolic in this change from childhood to womanhood. I feel like that's a very clinical and academic way of describing something that is inarguably a part of the genre that still comes off as very creepy when you write it down. Yeah, the problem is that a lot of this does come out of the fact that, like, this is clearly written by a guy. This is clearly written by a guy who is, you know, very passionate about the genre and knows a lot about it, but also lacks a fundamental connection to it that uh, someone with a uterus might have. Yeah, and that is Mark C. McKinnon, who is the writer, uh, the writer and designer of this book. Uh, there are several, like, there's several bits of additional writing. Uh, but it's, interestingly enough, the uh, complete Yoma guide uh is not written by him it's written by lindsay gino uh so there is a uh much more of a mention of how the monsters are very male gazy uh which you would not expect the role-playing game to get into but it does and i kind of love that also should we mention that the sailor moon role-playing game is printed in pink Okay, so that's not just how this scan came out. I mean, this very physical book that I paid money for. No, no, no. It is pink. It is, it it is, is pink. a pink book. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. It is all pink. Yes. I love it. It's very good. Since I'm over here looking at Marcy McKinnon's name on the credits page, um, is it okay to say a Hotmail address from 1999 <laughs> publicly <laughs> when it was printed in the book in 2020? <laughs> printed in a book it's fair game okay because one of the guys who uh worked on this book his email address is animes rules at <gasps> hotmail.com and that's printed Z? in a book no it's animes with an s rules awesome. with an s oh my god animes it's just like my animes uh i love it i love all of these old email addresses they're just printed right in this book Remember when we thought we could just print, like, email addresses and website names? Wild. Please do not email Jason at this, <laughs> at this address. I'm not going to say it again, because that would, that would sound like, please do not email that address. I am sure it is no longer functional. I would love to know if somebody is camping on that email, though. I, if your email address is anime rules, is any variation of that. <laughs> Surely it just stopped working in, like, 2003. <laughs> like a mercy kill. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like, oh, we don't, like... No, you don't need this anymore, honey. The little postman program is like, <laughs> there hasn't been an anime of rules around here for 50 years. <laughs> Does email get delivered by a tiny little, little Tron postman? Because that's what happens in my head. I mean, that's what happens in some of the Mega Man games. So yeah, I kind of love this extremely long and thorough introduction. Yeah, 
And I mean, it, like, it takes it until page freaking 12 to start getting into Sailor Moon in particular. Yeah. It is exhaustive. Well, look, they had to lay stuff out. Uh, Annie, if we didn't have this exhaustive introduction, then how would we know that crushes might be a quaint term, but they can be very serious? <laughs> what if, okay, okay, what if the uh, the writer of this book, the mm-hmm. writer and designer, mm-hmm. uh, Mark McKinnon, mm-hmm. was attempting to write the introduction as an extended Sailor Moon says? Because it definitely does sound like one. You could like just drop the dun, 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 dun. crushes might be a quaint term, but they can be <laughs> very serious. <laughs> a magical girl will always be pure, sweet, and innocent. Aside from her puberty, she's usually a normal girl. No other genre of anime storytelling shows people that there is no Mr. Right more often than the magical girl genre. Sailor Moon says. <laughs> oh, that's that's very good. Right, so uh, page 12, <laughs> 12 <laughs> in, the words Bishojo Senshi Sailor Moon appear in, uh, in a, head, a header. So this is, this is like my favorite part of this book is the fact that this was printed at a point when we had uh, the first two series of Sailor Moon in the United States. We had, say, we had Bishojo Senshi, bleh. we had, bis- you know what, fuck it. We had Sailor Moon. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we also had Sailor Moon R. Right. And we had the dubs of those. So this will occasionally be like, no, it was this name in Japanese, but it's the Negaverse. Yeah, they do that in the uh, in the Yoma book, too. Where, but they actually give all of the information. It's like Wiki Moon. Oh, they shoot. give you the the English dub name, the Japanese name what the Japanese name means, uh, what the title of the episode was, and the Japanese title of the episode. Oh my god, that's... Yeah, it's a pretty, it's pretty rad, actually. That's pretty good. Yeah, so if you, if you have any questions about uh, Boxy, I can answer them for you. I, I have so many questions about Boxy. I've always had questions about Boxy. They also have a listing of... Uh, the, the, each entry starts off with like a little, like, you know, Wiki Moon style, uh, info box. Mm-hmm. And the last entry is fate. And I feel like that is a completely unnecessary thing to include because all of them are killed by Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> it does list like the specific attack though, which I think is a level of detail that I was not prepared for going into this. Well, I mean, does it count for the ones that like transform into other people or no, there's like, there, there's like four entries that are, that are not killed by Sailor Moon. Well, let me, let me skip down They got here purified the, by Sailor Moon. Uh, dispelled by Sailor Moon. Oh, Is dispelled. what the, the rainbow crystals say. Okay. Uh, via moon healing activation. Yeah, that's when you get into the rainbow crystals, that's what happens there. Yeah, I mean, what uh, about the sisters? Oh, we'll we'll get into that. Okay, good. By the way, uh, this is relevant to where Sailor Biz is at right now. This is probably one of the few things printed in the United States is going to actually mention at this point in time, Sailor Stars, because this does say, like, five successful seasons on television. Sailor Stars has just aired two years prior to the printing of this one, or three, I guess. 
So Sailor Stars episodes 167 to 200 features Queen Galaxia and the Sailor Animates? Animates? The Sailor Animates? Sailor Animates. The Sailor Animates rules. <laughs> right, exactly. That's absolutely Saya's email address, right? <laughs> no, no, no. It's this is animate, be. like, like, like to animate. Oh yeah, no, I got it. I'm just, I'm, I'm still just thinking out loud about that email address. Oh, okay, we're we're just still funning. Okay, animates rules. It's very true. What could rule? What could rule more than animes and animates? What indeed? Yeah. So it's it's and it has information that like you would not have access to in America at the time, like. We have talked to so many people who watched this show as younger people and only, like, recently realized, like, oh, that was real. <laughs> like, oh, Sailor Iron Mouse was actually real? <laughs> Interesting. I mean, look, just to give you guys some perspective on this, there is a section for all the characters. They have little profiles for the Sailor Scouts. They've got ones on Sailors Uranus and Neptune. And the English names they have are guesses based on some of the toy licenses. Yeah, they have um, uh, uh, Amara and Michelle, right? No, they're not Amara and Michelle. Ooh, what are they? The guesses for the uh, licenses by Irwin Toys at the time for Sailors Uranus and Neptune was, uh, what were their English names again? I, I think they were Amara and Michelle. I think I've got that Okay, right. yeah, instead of Amara and Michelle, they are Corinne and Narissa. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think we've heard. I think we've heard Corinne before. I think we might might have talked about that on the show. But yeah, very interesting, intriguing, mm. even. And even then, like the the blurbs don't really go through the English names at all. They just go with Haruka and Michiru. Yeah, because you know those are the safe bets. Yeah, that that that's not going to change. <laughs> no. There's so much in here, but yes. Uh, conti please continue, Annie. Oh no, I just, I just scrolled down to Sailor Pluto. This one by Irwin Toys, her name was Celia. So weird. Saturn had no English name. And yeah. don't worry, the stars are in here too. Mike, Mike, and Mike. <laughs> Their English names are none given. But I like, I like Mike, Mike, and Mike. Alright, so what else, what else do we have? We get everybody's favorite food. We've talked about that quite a bit on the show. Oh yeah, no, we get everybody's favorite food. Uh... Before it gets into the actual characters, though, we do have, like, really exhaustive summaries of the first two seasons, uh, including some, like, cool pictures, including, uh, you know, uh, Sailor Moon turning into, uh, turning into the Moon Princess at the end of, uh, the end of that series. We've got some cool stuff with the, with the sisters and the Sailor Scouts. There's also Rini kissing, uh, Mamoru, which is cool. Yeah, it's when she falls on Usagi's head. It right. Genuinely, it is a great screenshot. <laughs> it's like, of all the things that you could have shown, let's show this six-year-old kissing her dad on the lips. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Look, it's it happens fine. on the show. It's, it's, it's not this book's fault. <laughs> there's also, like, there's height charts. There's, like, a description of what exactly is role-playing. Uh, there's also a really good picture of uh, Zoosite and Kunzite. Yes. Uh, and because it's giving Zoosite a flower and Zoosite just looks thrilled. It's like <laughs> it's like a candid shot of their lives together. It is absolutely a photograph someone else has taken of them that Zoosite has on his bedside table. He's just yeah. like, oh, it's great. 
Uh, and there is, there literally is a Sailor Moon says box in here about how you, the the point of the game is to have fun. Yes, yes. There's, uh, it uses Sailor Moon says as like little just sort of like nudges or sidebars or like just info boxes throughout this thing. It's adorable. Never act out combat. Serious injury could result. Simply describe your combat actions to the GM and use the game mechanics to resolve the conflict. Sailor Moon says. It's just, it's very cute. Role-playing is not a competition. Successful role-playing is about participation, effort, and enjoyment, not about winning. Chris, what does it mean to win Dungeons & Dragons? Um, that, that answer is... That depends on which person you're asking, Annie, and I, th- I think we all know what your... Uh, <laughs> your win condition in TNT oh, is. Yes, it's kissing a monster. It's kissing a monster boy, yeah. Right. Mine usually involves getting breakfast. No matter how I start with my lofty character creation uh, (laughs) ideas, it always just descends into someone who just wants breakfast. Yeah, every single one of your characters just comes back to brunch. Yeah. Being an adventurer is hard. I have not yet gotten to kiss a freaking monster. Yeah, you didn't get the, uh, you didn't get the corpse flower in that game. No, no, I did not. I, well, that's probably for the best. I'm not sure the corpse flower is a hot monster boy. I mean, have you seen it? Yes. One of the corpses might have been hot at some point. Uh, Brian David Gilbert, if you're not attracted to this, you're wrong, Doc Giff. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> it's weird that this, this book feels compelled to tell people to not act out the combat of a role-playing game. And, and I say that that's weird because obviously... It's this is Sailor Moon. It is a, it is for children. <laughs> it is it's for babies. Please do not throw a tiara at your friends. Yeah. But also this book has hey, don't act out the combat. Just tell the GM what your character is doing. <laughs> and it also has the complete history of the Maho Shoujo genre <laughs> and how the metaphors of uh de- <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And how the metaphors of puberty affect the the genre. Like, it, it feels like those, I guess, can be in the same book. They clearly are. Because, you know, when you get your period, that means you can start shooting lasers. I it's, wish. Wait, wait, hang on. Is that, is that true? <sighs> not in my experience. Okay. I was lied to. Are they, wait, wait, oh no, I know this one. They're concussive force blasts. <laughs> yes, yes, it, that's the thing. They tell you it's lasers, it's actually concussive force blasts. It just keeps happening. Second time today I've gotten to make that joke. <laughs> it was a good joke the first yeah. time. Also, I do want to point out at the part of this book where it goes into how to create your character. Uh, there, it gives you a couple of different examples and it uses the same examples every time. These are the kinds of characters that you can make. You can make a female Sailor Scout from the series, such as Sailor Mars or Sailor Jupiter. A male knight from the series, such as Tuxedo Mask, basically saying that you can be a boy with superpowers if you want to. A villain from the series, such as Alan, Anne, or one of the four sisters. An original descendant of a character from the series, such as Sailor Jupiter's grandson, or a completely original character. Uh, some kind of OC? 
an original character, um, preferably not one that you steal. I was going to say I was about to steal it. So thank you for uh, for telling me not to. It's important. Also, uh, I do not own these characters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go to Naoko Takeuchi. All right. Go to the creator. I like all rights go to the creator because it does sound like a religious text. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm just a big fan of like, I, you know, I want to play the Sailor Moon RPG, but I don't want to be a girl. Yeah, look, look, we're all going to sit down and play the Sailor Moon RPG. That's not, that's not in question, <laughs> but I'm definitely, I just want to be, just want to be Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> I guess somebody out there has got to be Tuxedo Mask. I mean, do they have to be? That's like the perfect role for like a parent to play in the game. Because you like the kids will be in the other room playing the role playing game. And then just every now and then you walk in and go now Sailor Moon and you can go back to whatever you were doing. <laughs> no, no, no. You really got to sell it. You have to like you have to straight up either have a guitar with you. Uh-huh. Or you have a guitar thing on your phone. You leap into the room, point at the kid playing Sailor Moon, and say, Now, Sailor Moon! Then you leave. <laughs> I feel like you have to really commit to the bit in that case. Look, that is... that's You have to play the role. That's part of the game. It's Sailor Moon says. Sailor Moon says. <laughs> or else. Or... Sailor Moon says, watch your ass. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to move on to the Yoma book? I think so. I think okay. we probably should at this point. Listen, we can always come back to it. Yes. Uh, in a future. If you are enjoying hearing us talk about the role playing games, let us know. Oh, real quick, though. There yes. is a guide at the end about how to write and pronounce Japanese. Fantastic. I... There's notes on suffixes like chan and ko and sama. This was written by just a real weeb ass dude, and what? I respect it. You think the you think the the guy who found the Guardians of Order to <laughs> big eyes, small mouth? May have Is been a weeb. A little, uh, little bit of an anime fan. Table seven one character name meanings, including English name, Japanese name, kanji name, literal name translation, and notes. Okay, don't act, don't don't even act like that is not stuff that we talk about constantly on this show because it is fascinating. Dude, at no point am I going to tell you that I would have not yet at this up. I probably still would, let's be real. In addition to the role-playing game and resource book and the by the, by the way, the uh the complete uh book of Yoma volume one. There is also a page that is just a bunch of websites. Yeah, hotmail.com. Hotmail.com. Anyway, uh, sorry. They also put out character diaries, which are essentially uh expanded character sheets that contain uh 14-page character sheets and then like 40 blank pages uh that have like you know like like watermarks of the saber scouts which are actually extremely good and i would like i would like a like a bullet journal (laughs) i I would like a journal that is just this please thank you (laughs) uh but the the character sheet is fantastic because it is it's like the game stuff 
But then it has all of the other information that the role-playing game book has about the Sailor Senshi. So you describe your transformation, you describe your attacks, you describe your, your items, you describe your mother and father and siblings and extended family. There's a family tree you can fill in. There's a history of uh, when you were in the Silver Millennium and your Earth childhood. Uh, there is a section on your outlook on life and your future with the headings of short-term goals and aspirations, long-term goals and aspirations, warrior training goals, which I'm going to print that one out. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be my to-do list from now on. And like, the thing is that like the system talks about this in the main book of if you really fill all this out, you can actually get rewarded with extra like ability allocation points from your DM, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, you get you get rewarded for making an OC. It's fantastic. I don't know if I should start the complete book of Yoma with the wildest sentence, the the wildest paragraph I have ever read, or if I should save that for the end. I don't know. I mean, do you want it to sort of be downhill from there, or do you want to really like just tell me how this is so I can brace myself for what's about to happen? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll I guess I'll I'll get to it because it does happen very early on it's on page seven okay so I'll, I'll i'll come back to it uh we get uh in the the complete book of yoma by Lindsay uh Juno, we get uh a similar introduction uh you know what is a yoma what distinguishes the yoma from the cardians from the droids what distinguishes jedi's yoma from zoicide's yoma like they you know they draw from different places to get their monsters And it also includes, as mentioned before, many viewers may notice that the overwhelming majority of Yoma presented in the animated series have very apparent female attributes. (laughs) They're horny. This most likely occurs because most of the individuals behind the animated series were male. (laughs) Uh, And it has it has a quote from Naoko Takeuchi that I think we've talked about before on the show. Uh, The anime has a slight male perspective to it since so much of the staff was male. Uh, But then it gives you like a full ass, uh, a like MLA citation. Oh my god! Really? Yeah, yeah. If you want to look up that quote, it is in the mixed manga uh, Sailor Moon Pocket manga from 1988. Uh, If you want to go look that look that quote up to make sure that they're not making things up. (laughs) <laughs> citations baby i i feel like we could save the cardians and the droids for another show since we're pretty far into this but i do like getting some details on some of our favorite monsters and yes avocadora is in here they're honestly not as kind to avocadora as i would have liked <laughs> uh but you get uh a nice little page with uh you generally get like three pictures of each of the Yoma. You get like normal attacking and then being murdered by Sailor Moon. Uh, but we get uh, we get Dream Dolly, who I love. Uh, you might remember her as the one who uh, put everybody in a coma at Tokyo Disney. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, and points of interest. Points of interest. In addition to the servant abilities listed below, Dream Dolly exhibits the following characteristics. Characters with the supernatural training attribute, level 2 or greater, can detect Dream Dolly's dark aura, even if she is in human form. Dream Dolly must be holding a mega apple to drain energy from victims. 
<laughs> you must be holding a nugget apple. apple. Regular apple? No, absolutely not. Gotta be from Gran- the universe. Granny Smith? I think a red delicious is probably a nugget apple. Oh, definitely. That shit, it's, I, I've been into a Red Delicious once, and I was like, how dare you crush a boy's dreams? Have you Have you had the new apple? The Cosmic Crisp? Yes. Yes, I have. I also have one in the fridge right now. Hell yes. It's a good apple. It is a good apple. It's a good apple. Uh, when Dream Dolly creates illusions for four or fewer people, the illusions are powerful enough to cause illusory, illusionary <laughs> damage up to ten points. Or special effects. For example, being turned to stone. (laughs) You know, as you do. So what you got to do is have five people (laughs) hanging out. Yeah, do not travel in groups of of four or smaller if you are concerned about Dream Dollies in the area. Yeah. Uh, Dream Dolly's name is uh, Marido, by the way, which, uh, parentheses, reversing the hiragana, produces Dorimu, or Dream. So, now you know. Uh, We get... Uh, we get Tenzi, uh, also known as Tessany, the tennis monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, it is not mentioned that she can turn you into a tennis ball. Excuse me? Oh, no, wait, wait, I'm sorry. It is. It was not under points of interest. It's just one of her regular ass abilities. <laughs> sorry. They don't, think that's, they don't think that's interesting and worth pointing out? Yeah, sorry. Uh. I, I didn't realize it's just something she can do on her turn. Oh, no, it's fine. It's just a regular, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's like swinging a sword. It's fine. It's not one of the most iconic things in Sailor Moon. I, I, I am a fan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, we have, uh, there's a nice little color section in here where you get uh-huh. some big color pictures of... The Doom and Gloom Girls and Fourface and Marzipan. Oh, your favorite horny monsters? They're very horny monsters. <laughs> like, yeah. when you see them back to back to back like this, especially the Doom and Gloom Girls. Mm-hmm. They're just... You know what? If you if you love what you do, you'll never <laughs> work a day in your life. We get down to uh, Bobo the Vulture. Uh, A.K.A. Boxy. That's our guy, Boxy. He is the boxing priest. Your boy, Boxy. His belt buckle will ring just before he attacks. I don't know if you knew that. My God. It changes everything. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Here is one of my favorite things. This is listed under points of interest. Uh, Boxy does not fly in this episode, but he may use his wings to do so if he wishes. That's that's inferring. That's expanding the universe. Boxy Boxy can fly, but chooses not to. <laughs> Boxy uh, is just resting up because he has a big flying competition <laughs> two towns over. Boxy doesn't have to prove anything to you. Boxy can fly if he wants to. Yeah, he just doesn't want to. He just doesn't feel like it. Yeah. So get off Boxy's back. <laughs> now, I, I do have questions about Rhett Butler. Yeah, oh, that was my next highlight. Yes, I'm already on the page. <laughs> well, thank God. Uh, the, now, I guess I should say, there's the info box, then there's a description, so there's a like physical dis- description of the Yoma, significant events, which is basically like a quick episode summary, uh, then the points of interest, and then the game stats. 
Uh, so under significant events, this is how uh, Rhett Butler is introduced to us. Luna is rescued from a cat fight by the dashing and somewhat plump cat Hercules. <laughs> dashing and somewhat plump? He's just a dashing and somewhat plump cat. Which I hope someone one day uses those words to describe me. I was thinking about making it my new Twitter bio. <laughs> dashing and somewhat plump. Look, it's very true. It's adorable is what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, although Hercules the cat is slightly pudgy, he retains the acrobatic <laughs> and speed attributes. <laughs> Listen, he's fat, but... Uh, it also lists, like, in his cat form, in, in the Rhett Butler form, mm -hmm. it does stat out his fishbone throw. Hell yes. Because he is a knight. Yes. He Wait, he's technically classified as a knight? Yes. He has <gasps> knight attacks in his, oh in my his cat god. form. Oh my god. Oh my god. He is technically classified as a boy Sailor Moon character. Oh yeah. my god. He is playable, if you would like to play. Like, that's, that's the game. Like, Why that's... wasn't that? Why wouldn't that be listed as one of your suggested options? You can be Rhett Butler! You can indeed. Um, the next thing I just highlighted, because I didn't remember this monster being named this, but uh, apparently episode 33's Yoma is named Polite Society. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, from, from Little Miss Manners. The, uh, I remember uh -huh. the episode because it's the, the uh, like finishing school episode. Yeah, yeah, the finishing school with Frisbee, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, where, uh, much like yourself, Usagi balances a book on her head. Right. That's just a joke for me and you, <laughs> Hello. Hello, friends at home. I have a flat head. Uh, yeah. Apparently, the English name of this Yoma was Polite Society. It sounds like there's kind of an extended metaphor there of Usagi destroying Polite Society. Yeah, so uh, where's where's Sailor Moon's Oscar nomination? When did Sailor Moon take down capitalism? Where is you Sailor know Moon, the Yoma? Where is Sailor Moon episode thirty three's Oscar nomination for pointing out that we live in a society? <laughs> did you know? I like this because this sentence works if you even if you don't know we're talking about a monster. Uh, any form of impoliteness, including arguments, improper speech or grammar, etc., easily distracts polite society. I mean, you're not wrong. Although loyal to Malachite, polite society knows better than to disobey <laughs> the orders of Queen Beryl's favorite, Darian. <laughs> I mean... I mean, yeah. Uh, you might remember Fractious Friends. That is a, that is a moon anime makeup episode, uh, and also a very fun one. Yes. Uh, apparently... That's the one with uh, the photography monster? Uh... Yes. 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 Cool. No. 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 This is the no? other Moon Anime makeup episode because the the villain is uh, Ninjana. Yes. Uh, okay. Nin. Yes. Yeah. Uh. This is the this is the one where they are uh where where the Sailor Scouts pull a false flag operation on on uh, Malachite. Uh. 
apparently uh her japanese name was uh oniwa bandana which according bandana to this parenthetical demon yeah possibly demon bandana possibly which look well that's just that's just bulbapedia writing can you keep a secret annie i trust the listeners to keep to keep a secret I can do my best. I'm not planning on faking my own death and like <laughs> starting over. Uh-huh. Like me and me and my wife just just <laughs> faking our deaths and moving away. Okay. Uh but if I do, I do think Demon Bandana will probably be my new name. You know what? It's a good solid name. It's a solid name. Mm-hmm. Now would you would, would would Demon Bandana, would that be the whole name? Would there be a last name? Or is Demon Bandana just no, it's, like... It's, it's Demon. Uh-huh. First name. Uh-huh. Bandana. So if somebody wanted to address you politely, they would call you Mr. Bandana. And then I'd be like, oh no, Mr. Bandana was my dad's name. Please call me Demon Bandana. Perfect. You know what? It is perfect. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I think that ta- that takes us down to the Doom and Gloom Girls. Uh, which I really like because this is this is a thing they point out what is the big problem with all of these shows, mm-hmm. which is that uh, bad guys also have friends. <laughs> <laughs> Although they are exceedingly powerful, the Doom and Gloom Girls' major strength is found in their teamwork. It is by working together that they are able to succeed where so many other Yoma have failed. What they succeed at is murdering four of the five Sailor Scouts. Whoopsie doodle. In case you've forgotten. But I do like that they're like, yeah, teamwork. It makes the uh, it makes the dream work if the dream is murder. Yeah, it makes many dreams work, including the dream of murder. <laughs> yeah. Which brings us to okay. the most, the, the wildest thing I've ever seen. Uh, this is okay. a role-playing game based on Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon is for babies. Yes. Uh, this is essentially a game for babies. Okay. Page seven. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've got we've got some headlines, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, Queen Barrels, Yoma, Droids, Cardians, Game Master and Yoma. You know, what is the role of Yoma? Who destroys the Yoma? The third section under the running the Yoma mm-hmm. is philosophy of death. Oh, oh. Once the Sailor Scouts deliver enough damage to a Yoma to reduce its health points below zero, it is unclear what has really happened. Oh. Was the Yoma destroyed, killed, eliminated, banished from existence, forced back to the Negaverse, released from a life of torment? If the Yoma have souls, where do they go when the Yoma is destroyed? Oh. It is equally unclear if Yoma experience pain, and if so, oh. to what extent? These philosophical aspects of a Yoma's destruction will depend on each GM's opinion concerning the events of the series. It is clear, however, that the Sailor Scouts never feel any guilt associated with the defeat of a Yoma. (laughs) Which indicates that the Teenage Scouts probably do not believe that they killed the Yoma. The ramifications of a Yoma's death upon the conscience of the Sailor Scouts would certainly provide an interesting and intense theme for a Sailor Moon campaign. Hey, kids! (laughs) Hey, kids! You want to go dark? Uh, the, the specific calling out of the Senshi for, for never feeling bad about it. 
Hey, kids, you want to bring some Monica shit in here? <laughs> yeah, Usagi just puts her cigarette out on her own hand. <laughs> just to feel something, anything. And tells Avocadora, you're just another thing I got to do today. <laughs> so, Good. so really, it just, it suggests that maybe... For fun with your friends, you want to pretend to be a whole bunch of middle school girls who are concerned about whether or not they're murdering people. Yeah, you want that's what you want to do on a fun on a Saturday night. Uh-huh. Which because we're cool, that's when we play D&D. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh you want to get together with your friends, maybe get a mm-hmm. pizza, uh-huh. have some Coca-Colas, maybe some Cheetos if you're if you're really feeling up to it. And you and then you sit down and you go, okay. So Tetty's clearly experiences emotions <laughs> towards Jedi. Does that indicate a soul? Now we know that when <laughs> Nephrite is brutally murdered in front of Naru, <laughs> that uh, he does turn into glitter dust and ascend to heaven. But now, it's unclear as to whether or not that's a metaphor or whether that's literally happening. Or is this like a mermaid thing where he doesn't have a soul, but he turns into glitter because glitter is the closest thing in space to sea foam. That's, hey, hey, uh, Guardians of Order. Hey, uh, 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 Lindsay. Hey, guys. That's a wild thing to put in this book. That's fucked up. I kind of love it. I kind of yes. love this that's in here. You know what? I will say... I will say this in their defense, the weird ass girls and, and like basically anybody who's a weird ass kid in high school and middle school, who is not like a cis dude, a lot of you are going to get real freaking goth for a while. You're going to want to start writing essays on the, on, on the emotional and social ramifications of magic and other weird shit. This is actually pretty in line with the kind of thinking that you're going to get into for at least a phase. You know, the part where you start wearing black t-shirts with striped t-shirts underneath the black t-shirts. Yeah, and you know what? Like you said, Annie, that's how we get Madoka. Is that what you want? Is that what all of you want? Do you want Madokas? Because this is how you get Madokas. Okay, sidebar. I watched a little bit of Monica uh-huh. <laughs> the other day. Yeah. Her work. Uh, like the first, like the first series or? Yeah. Whatever's on Netflix. <laughs> uh, you know, The one where the girl has 26 guns. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's all. <laughs> That's all. I watched yeah. the Monica and the girl had 26 guns. Yeah. That's she'll all. get. Yeah. And then she gets her head bit off. All right, so I think that does it. This, we've we've been here long enough. There's nowhere to go. You Speaking right. of which, I, I did actually want to point out one last thing here okay. that I forgot to bring up in in like in my favorite Sailor Scout, Sailor Sailor Uranus's profile back in back in the original book. There's mm-hmm. this pair, there's your sentence here that just delights me. Is that she dresses like a man. And engage it with a variety of sports, from motocross to track and field. Haruka is unquestionably female, but enjoys teasing and flirting with girls. Harold. <laughs> Harold. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna you're gonna devote a whole paragraph to the philosophy of the deaths of Yoma, and invite the debate over whether <laughs> Sailor Moon is history's greatest murderer. <laughs> 
But you're not gonna, you're just gonna skirt around that one. You're not gonna commit. She's female, but she likes flirting with girls. Y'all. You can't have both of those, can you? Y'all. Harold, they're lesbians. All right, so that does it. We've, we've, we've been at this for an hour. Good, good there's, stuff. There's so much more we didn't get into. Oh, there's so much more. The flavor text alone in this is wild. Yeah, there's so much to go through. Uh, assuming that you, the listener, enjoyed this, uh, perhaps we'll go through it again someday. Like I said, I only went through the Yoma. I still have Cardians and uh, Droids to get through. Uh, and I'm honestly, I surely one of these days we're going to get the complete guide to Yoma Volume 2. Right? Because any day now, that's the book I need. I need the book with the diamonds in it. Oh, yeah. I need I need anyone writing stats for a sexy shoe. Like a sexy uh, person who is also a shoe. How about an elephant vacuum vacuum cleaner? cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Elephant vacuum cleaner. Yeah. So uh, that's what I want. Please. Where can everybody find you online? Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at Anniezard. That's A N N I E Z A R D. That is the only health site that I maintain a presence on, really. Uh, but if you want to hear all of the podcasts and shows that I'm on, uh, you can do that by looking up our website, crookedrussiancam.horse, uh, where you can find information about I Will Fight You, which is our movie reviewing podcast, uh, Date Me Damn It, which is our Otome game video series. And Gem Jammer, which is our fifth edition spell jammer uh, actual play podcast. And I love all of them very much, but Gem Jammer is kind of my favorite right now. And uh, you can also hear me on that one uh, in the Halloween special and the, the Christmas special and the New Year special and the Valentine's Day special. Is it over now? <laughs> Did I get all the way to St. Patrick's Day? Uh, actually, I... I believe I'm calling that the uh, National Chocolate Covered Raisins Spectacular. You know, I could have just kept going until it looped back around to October. It's true. Well, I mean, it also just sort of depends on uh, uh, depends on how those episodes get broken down. Hey, Jake, sorry that went so long. Please, please, sorry, Jake. I'm not sorry. It's all good content. <laughs> I don't apologize for making too much good content. Uh, I am on the bad website as at the ISB, and you can find all of my stuff by going to the-isb.com. Uh, you can find the show at Sailor Business on the bad website or email us at uh, sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. I am no longer paralyzed with anxiety for checking the email. <laughs> so uh, please resume sending uh, and do not. Tell me you're mad at me, because that was the thing. That was what was keeping my brain from checking email. I should have oh, just bud. checked. Uh, but yeah, maybe you can contact us at Anime's Rules. <laughs> <laughs> it might be available. Is Can you get like a dot .rules address, like anime.rules? <laughs> oh my god, I really hope so. Now, uh, Annie, what does terrible.horse take people to now? Uh- uh, well, at the moment, it goes to a very real website, which is definitely not just a Rickroll, uh, just for a vintage flavor. I might redirect it to somewhere yeah, you're, else. You're bringing, you're bringing back a classic. <laughs> I'm bringing back the classic. It's vintage now. The kids like vintage things. It's fine. What if you just put up like a, like a picture 
of uh, of, of the horse of the horse and, I and think just I like this is the bad horse i might i wonder if i can find an embedded midi of something to put back there the horse is bad it's just a bad yeah i think i'll i think i might redirect it to a picture of a bad horse stay tuned thank you everyone for listening to the show uh, and joining us on this chibi episode we will be back uh any you will be back for uh your final episode of Save yeah. business because it's ending it is 200 it's, it's gonna be that's that's a lot yeah it's it's, it's gonna be done and we're, and i i will get i will be free <laughs> uh join us for that next time thank you for listening uh and Chris, yes you are a delight Thank you. I we are both that. delights. S- same to you. Uh, so remember, everyone, uh, don't act out combat <laughs> and keep your mind on sailor business. 